Welcome to a special edition of Seat Yourself. As followers of Seat Yourself know, this episode will be a different format than our regular weekly edition, and it will feature a single guest. In this special edition, our host, Dave Turner, will be having a conversation with Xander Loritzen Hansen. In this conversation, Dave and Xander will be discussing cocktails to go and why they are important as the food service and hospitality industry begins to recover from the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic. This special edition runs approximately 45 minutes and is sponsored in part by the Edward Donnan Company. Everything but the food for nearly 100 years. Now, here's Dave. And I want to welcome back Xander Ritson Hansen to Seat Yourself. This is a special edition of Seat Yourself, Xander. You're always special. It's great to have you back. You were here about a month ago. And for those people who didn't hear the episode back in April, Xander, can you give a little background of who you are and what you do and uh, why you're here talking about cocktails to go today? Uh, yes, of course. And first of all, thank you for, for having me back. It's always a pleasure. Well, I, I live and operate from Copenhagen, Denmark, and I work within the bar industry underneath the hospitality. On a daily basis, I am the, the president of the Danish Bartender Association and work within when, when the marketing um, and help the International Bartender Association where I can. I own Scandic Bar, which is one of the largest suppliers of bar equipment in, in Scandinavia, as well as I own Mixology International, where I help different companies with developing and marketing penetration within the bar industry. So it's perfect, though, to have you here today because it is World Cocktail Day. Is that correct? Yes. Why is today World Cocktail Isn't every day World Cocktail Day? Well, well, every day is a World Cocktail Day, but today is special. In 1806, the f- it was the first time ever in, in, in human history that the word cocktail was recorded in a magazine. That's great. That's that's a bit of trivia that we'll all want to know. And everybody should definitely have a cocktail today. And we're going to talk about cocktails in in this special episode. And the reason we want to talk about cocktails is because in the COVID-19, as we come out of that, a lot of restaurants throughout this uh, last eight, nine, 10 weeks that we've been going through this, no matter where you are in the world, are trying to up their takeaway, their carryout game. And some areas are able to do cocktails to go. Some that weren't originally now are. And my thinking was to make sure that there's some uh, restaurants here in the in the States and probably around the world that have done very well with takeaway and carryout. And if you can add cocktails to that carryout menu, that takeaway order. Not only does it add sales, but it adds revenue. And I wanted to talk to the expert, and that's you, Xander. I want to talk to you, the expert, about the sales and the profitability potential by making sure that not only do you add cocktails to go right now as we're coming out of COVID-19, but continue it on your takeaway and carryout menu. What about the sales and profit potential for cocktails? Well, I would say it's it's quite vague, especially actually in, in COVID nineteen times where you have less expensive since you you don't have the same employment as, as before. The general revenue on cocktails go is quite large since many of the fixed costs you would normally associate to a bar or restaurant you don't have. So the, the the whole concept, if you can penetrate the market with the right story, the right product, the quality, and get it out to the customers. It's an easier way of making money on the same product. 
than the original one. In addition to just increasing sales and increasing profits, I want to talk a little bit later on in the, in the segment about the imagery and the value you're adding to the takeaway food itself and the takeaway experience itself. When any of us go to restaurants or to bars, we're looking for the total experience, which includes food and beverage. And I think that by ensuring or having an attractive offering of cocktails or, or beverages of all sorts, and I want, to, I want to get into some of the other beverages as well, by having that great offering, that attractive offering, it doesn't have to be big. I think that increases the value of the experience, the takeaway and the carryout experience for the guests. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. And, and I would actually go further that with, with cocktails to go and general to go dinner and, and wine, you actually get a tool to increase your relationship to the customer. So you, you're actually getting into their home. You're joining them at their picnic or their barbecue. So on, on one hand, you, of course, you have, to, you have the visual, the website, the Instagram, whatever means you to marketing. And since it's, it's to go, it will primarily be visual based, which is often Facebook website or Instagram. But at the same time, you're actually getting into people's houses on a different scale by just serving a pizza to go because they expect craftsmanship. So, so the whole experience will actually shape the customer's view of you, your concept, your product, and your restaurant or bar. Yeah, to me, it's we've talked about this before a lot. This is all about connection. It's about connecting with the guest and the guests connecting with each other. And I think that if you have a signature cocktail or you have a maybe a house wine or you have maybe even a craft beer that uh, is local or brewed or specific to your particular establishment or your chain, I think it's a great opportunity to make that further that connection with that customer base. And there are some legal issues here, though, because because I'm sure in Europe, every place you go, probably like the States, every state is a different set of laws. And some states here in America still do not allow the takeaway of beverages. There's a lot more that are, some on a temporary basis, and some have uh, actually made the laws permanent that you can carry out under certain conditions. And I want to talk a little bit about that. But are legal issues different in different parts of Europe for you now? Yes, I do recognize. I remember when I was living in the US that it was very different from state to state. That being said, I think there's legal ways around it just by recognizing how they work, adding food to the menu and et cetera. But regarding Europe, it's very different. Uh, if you go even to Scandinavia, in Norway, since it's more government-owned, all the liquor stores, it's a bit different. But in, in general, it's cocktails goes are, are growing. In some countries, you need a third party getting the product to the customer where like one wouldn't think that they could before until they found a third party and now they work with them. So in general, you see all of all of the European countries, to some extent, develop, grow within uh, cocktails to go, working with the laws that are in that country. So something that happened would work in Denmark wouldn't necessarily work in Germany or France and vice versa. But in general, the whole concept is, is growing, especially during COVID-19. I think the the message that we want to give you regarding the legality of all this is to check with your local laws in the states. It would be your state laws or, or whatever is on the books at the moment, because as I said, some of these are temporary. Some are more permanent and some there's still none at all. There are some legal issues, but most of the time, I think that as long as they haven't prohibited it completely, there's ways around it. And we want to talk about some of that. But but I want to get into we talk, we're saying cocktails to go, but it, it could be wine to go and beer to go. Isn't that right? Everything to go. Everything to go. I love it. It creates a great vibe, doesn't it? It's great. Like people need something to drink and eat. So why not supply it? 
Yeah. And, and I think that as we continue to come out of or reawaken the hospitality industry, there's such restrictions on the dine-in portion, the on-premise dining, that takeout still is going to be at a, a very integral part of a restaurant's overall revenue streams, carry out and takeaway. And if you're relying only on food, I think, uh, like we've just said a couple of times, I, I think you're really missing out on that sales opportunity and profit opportunity that beverages, whether it be cocktails, whether it be wine or beer, they can offer. I think it's really important uh, part of it. And I think right now operators are going to need all the revenue streams they can get from an operational standpoint and also from a uh, uh, guest value and experience standpoint. Yeah, I think if, if you look at it from an American point of view, since this concept is still quite new, as, as you mentioned, because of, of legal uh, at the different laws in the U.S., uh, what's interesting here is that if you look at other countries like the U.K., Denmark, Europe, cocktails to go, wine to go, beer to go is, is increasing. And it's, it's a kind of, a, we always look to America for, for inspiration. It's kind of fun to, to, to help the other way now. But often what you can see is if, if a restaurant where they have primary food, what you can do easily is that doing your Instagram or website, you recommend customers. If you go to a bar, the customers never know what they want. 80% of, of their choice is actually influenced by the bartender. It's similar to, to your food. They go on your. You say eighty percent of the choice of the drinks is influenced by the bartender. Yeah, wow. It depends on your drinks menu and everything. But as a bartender, you can actually influence the the customer. Like you are, you're looking like a gin kind of person. I have this amazing pink gin. Blah blah blah. So you can influence the customer quite a lot. And if you're having a restaurant where you're not allowed to have people coming inside, you can then give them an experience. If you have a website, you can doing that website when they're browsing your site. Adding to this menu, I would re- recommend a whiskey sour and then having that with them. So it's, it's actually quite easy to help the guests choose what you would like them to choose. And the customers are bored. So they want experience more than ever. So they want the whole value package, the gastronomy, the whole food experience, but also drink and, and same with wine. So if you're doing with food and you, you have some, some good wines, you can influence the customers to take that with them. Yeah, so, so, so it covers all of them, and you're not just cocktails. Yeah, and I, and I think that one of the things that has surprised me is that the people that are doing takeaway and carry out food along with beverages now, some of the creative ideas. And I, I'm just thinking of one restaurant here uh, near us in Washington, D.C., that's selling bagels for breakfast along with Bloody Marys. And I think, geez, what a great way to probably double the size of the the order ticket. Everybody likes Bloody Marys. Yeah, everybody loves Bloody Marys. And most of the time you have to sell food. So you're selling a hell of a lot of bagels and you're selling some great Bloody Marys, I'm sure, too. But I think the, the key would, on a cocktail menu would be to keep it simple and keep it very straightforward. You know, half a dozen items, maybe, uh, and then maybe one or two wines. Maybe you have a wine special that day, sell it by the bottle. And then beer. You can sell beer in a variety of ways, growlers or, or maybe the private label bottled beer if you can do that in your in your locale i want to also talk say you you deal with a lot of the spirits companies is this kind of an approach is it something that spirit companies could get involved as well and help sponsor and provide some leadership in terms of promotion for cocktails to go definitely again i don't know specifically with us but i think this actually covers the entire globe that all the spirit brands they want sales right now all sales and the barn industry has dropped. I know here retail has like, all the private market are growing, but all bars are, are basically not selling 
as much as before. So spirit brands, beer, wines are much more eager to help. And looking from uh, Danish and German examples, several different brands have teamed up with the companies who either have their own bar or only live on cocktails to go to create not just a better offer, but also a different value proposition. And like in the US, you have so many American products that are known all around the world, everything from, from Tennessee whiskey to some really high-end premium vodkas. So what I would recommend any bar restaurant in the US to team up and create something unique, and that could be everything from a Moscow mule to a dark and stormy, most important is that keep it simple. Don't have 10 different cocktails. It will confuse the customer. Have three or four. You can have it either in, in a bottle to go. You can have a pitcher. There are different ways to, to supply the, the product, but work with one or two spirit producers, brands, create the, the stories around the cocktail. Um, like it's the sun is shining, Moscow Mule, Dark and Stormy would be perfect. Sure. Doing something with a pink gin, which is growing. And looking from the bar point of view, this is actually helping. It's not the spirit brand who are helping the bar restaurants. It's actually the bar and restaurant helping the spirit brand. So taking it from that point of view, it's actually the bar offering the spirit brand. I will help you sell your product through my channels. So they, they would be able to incline them to push it as well. Yeah, I know in our other podcast episodes, we've talked a lot about the overall marketing that restaurants and bars have been able to do or have tried to do in thinking that there's a lot of opportunities to be better marketers, create a better vibe, attract more of your customer base, have people give you a trial. And some of the marketing is what I would call basic marketing, everything from sandwich boards on the sidewalk to balloons, but to make your customer base aware that you have cocktails to go. And then secondly, create a great vibe there. And that's where I think really the spirits companies can help on both ends of that. They can create the awareness that you have a, uh, a Bacardi cocktail or a Jack Daniels cocktail or something that you're, that's a special to go. And it can also create that vibe of that party vibe, if you will, even in a COVID-19 time for takeaway, they can create that same approach to it. And I think that's a, that's a big help. No, oh, yeah, but it's not just spirit brands. If you look at some of the examples we see here, and yeah, I'm focusing on cocktails. So how, how is cocktails to go being done? On one hand, you have, of course have the ingredients. You have the alcohol, you have the mixers. What is the container that holds the, the, the cocktail? Some are using old wine bottles, which has an eco-friendly design and, and story. If, 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 it, if that follows your bar theme, that would be perfect. Others are using dispensers. We have, we've seen here... Sorry for the American term. I think it's two-gallon dispensers, like five and ten liters here, where they give it to the customers. And then if they don't return it, it's the full amount. If they return the empty container, they get some of the refund. So you have this back and forth. And like if you're from an American point of view, you have Libby, one of the, the largest glass brews in the world, which is American. And if you wanted to do go cocktails to go, I would definitely not just work with with the mixers, the alcohol brands, but also the, the container, the, the, the glassware producers. And in the U.S., you have Libby. You have also other companies like Basabache and, and, and Arc, but especially in the U.S. where you have Libby, we have perfect mix to promote. Yeah, I think we're going to take a break here right now, and then I want to come back and I want to talk just about that. I, we talk about the spirits companies helping with the promotion and the marketing of it, of uh, cocktails to go program. And when I say cocktails, I also mean not just cocktails, but wine, beer, and so on. But I, I want to talk about some of the vessels and some of the logistics of it. Let's get into that afterward, after the break. Is that okay? Perfect. 
All right. We'll be back with Xander Lorenzen Hansen and Cocktails to Go right after this message. This special edition episode of Seat Yourself is sponsored in part by the Edward Donovan Company. Everything but the food for nearly 100 years. And if you have not yet signed up for Tabletop Journal's bi-monthly newsletter, now would be a great time to do so. Go to tabletopjournalnewsletter.com. It's a quick and easy sign-up and a great way to stay on top of all of the important goings-on in the world of hospitality tabletop. That's tabletopjournalnewsletter.com. Now, back to our podcast. Hey, everybody. We're back here with Xander Ritson Hansen from Copenhagen, Denmark. Xander, as you know by now, is the head of the Danish Bartender Association, and he's talking cocktails to go today on World Cocktail Day. Unbelievable. We have the master here today on World Cocktail Day. Xander, we were just talking about some of the logistics before the break. We were talking about the logistics of a takeaway program and in glassware and containers and that kind of thing. You have some interesting ideas on that. And I know I reached around while we were preparing for this and talked to some people. There's all kinds of opportunities to not only market and uh, partner with spirits companies, whatever, but also perhaps the, the container people themselves. Yeah. So, so I, basically, I think it's, it's much more easy than people would guess here, especially to yours in, in the U.S., where I think there's a bit of it's scared to touch that specific areas because of laws. But if you look at the whole concept, logistics, it's not real that difficult. While you don't aren't allowed to have people into your bar or restaurant, you can still operate within the kitchen. So you still have the tools to create cocktails. You have the spirits, which I believe will be inclined to help you financially or promotion-wise. When you do the cocktails in your bar or in, in your kitchen, which you would normally do, so that is already done. You know the procedure. You know what to start with. You know what to end with. The next problem is how to keep it in a container. And if you have a restaurant with a lot of wine, you can use the empty wine bottles. You can even use that for a story about saving the earth, reusable. And, yeah, I like the eco-friendly component to that story. Which is, is quite big here. And it, it depends in the U.S. where, where you live, how, how big that theme is. But in general, it's, it's, it's a growing statement which I personally always like that if you go as green as possible. If you don't use wine glasses or wine bowls, you can go with other kinds of containers. If you look to your local glass supplier, they have glassware with a lid on, they have even disposable, they have dispensers, cups. There are many different ways. And I think what the bar just needs to do is, like, what does your gut feel is tell? Like, what container what story fits to this cocktail and to the restaurant so it needs to fit together but there's so much opportunities yeah i I, while we're preparing for this episode i got together with alexander bollinger who's the president of arc cardinal here in the u.s the uh, u.s division of arc the large glassware company and they've got a program that he's particularly proud of and the reason he's proud of it not because of all the sales and whatever that it might generate but because of dining out according to alexander in his belief is all about the tasting experience and now with the right containers that they have developed they've developed a whole collection of to-go beverage containers, that can help with that whole tasting experience. They have tumblers with lids called working glass. They've got some swing top bottles. They've got mason jars with lids. They've got all kinds of different containers. And so what surprised me is they've got a customer in the Midwest in Oklahoma. And it's a was when I think of cocktails to go, I tend to think of, let's call it fast casual on up. But they've got a burger, small regional burger chain called S&B's Burger Joint. 
And I don't know, there's maybe a dozen units or so spread out in Oklahoma and there in, in that part of the, uh, the U.S. And they're using glass carafes from ARC and they're serving up delicious pints of beer and their signature cocktail mixes in those to for people to take and go home with. Now, I think that's great. And I think that they've they've worked a deal. Hopefully, ARC is getting some publicity out of it too. But I think that it, it, it's not, my point here is it's not just for white tablecloth restaurants or upscale restaurants. It can go all the way down. It's more about the guest experience. And that's why I love to talk to Alexander at ARC about these kinds of things, because he's really in tune with uh, the guest experience. And they've really developed a great, a nice line. I think they call it their Beverage to Go Solutions Group. So, But there's other companies too. Steelite has some programs. One company that I like, and I want to talk to you a little bit more about is APS which I know Libby has in the, in the U.S., but APS is a fabulous supplier in Europe, and they do a lot of the large beverage containers. And we were talking before off-air about sangria and, and the opportunities to sell that kind of thing along with growlers for beer and all that. So tell us a little bit about what so – are you familiar with the APS line and, uh, and some of the things that they do or – uh, yeah, yeah, it's a competitor of mine on a friendly basis. So, so, so. Oh, on a friendly basis. Okay, oh, sorry. It's always good to be friends with people. Yeah. But yeah, actually, I actually do know the line. And actually, what they have done is, is it is actually quite remarkable that they have, and I think this is really coming to the advantage now, develop different tableware and glassware with dispensers where you can use for outside parties, which is now used for cocktails to go. And actually, on, on that note and on the burger, I would recommend like a Bloody Mary, perfect perfect to a burger. Yep. If it's a vegan or a beef, Bloody Mary always fits. And with the dispenser from APS, like what you can do there is if you have a home party, a picnic, you have in the garden, you're doing a barbecue, with those dispensers, if a bar has them, you can just prepare a larger amount. So it's not one cocktail, but you're basically making 20 cocktails on a mass volume scale. And the good things about the dispensers from, from the different glassware producers and, and APS is that you are selling cocktails on a massive volume. And for a restaurant and bar, I think it's important to, to have that in mind that normally you sell one or two cocktails at a time. Here with those dispensers, you're selling 20 cocktails in, in one batch. So you can mass produce and mass sell much more quicker than you would traditionally. And I think that's what's so interesting with, with cocktails to go. And if even if, if you have wine, there's sangria, there's so many amazing things. Well, and in the U.S., since you, you know the U.S. pretty well, in the South, particularly in the, in the U.S., we have sweet tea. And you have branded sweet teas. And why not? Why not sell that to go? And I think it's, it's like with the dispensers, I know from here and other places in Europe, like often that you buy it for a certain amount of money. Let's say, I think here's about $200. But then when you return it, you get $20 back. So if, if you don't return it, then you have still $20, which should cover the dispensers. Normally, if you have a glassware, a, a glass, it takes so and so many cocktails for the glassware to earn itself back. It's actually quicker with a dispenser. Yes, it's more expensive, but since the, the alcohol it contains is, has a higher price when you sell it, it's actually quicker return of investment. And you have to think about this in, in mass volume. In theory, you could you could do a, a, a big batch in your kitchen, which would normally take maybe uh, 200 different cocktails. Here, you only need to sell 20 uh, dispensers. Then you have sold it through. So for, for going back to the spirit producer, they get a, a much bigger volume that would, at the same time during COVID, would get. 
your customers get a real nice experience. They get the whole feeling. We're taking our local bar, bartender at home with us. We're doing a barbecue. We're doing uh, sangria or tea. And everybody will, will have the same. So they all have the same experience. And like, yeah, dispensers are quite big here. I like the fact that we get the, for the operator, you get the, first of all, for the operator, you get the average takeaway sales ticket, the check average up big time. And the large portion of that is profit, right? On the large dispensers, I would say they're very profitable. And as long as you can handle the logistics of the deposit and the return of the of the container, it shouldn't be much of an issue. But really, what are, where I really fall in love with that idea is this whole idea of elevating the even the takeaway experience. If you've got a, you talked about it before, if you've got a great burger and you're going to ha- you're going to pick up burgers for your group and you have Bloody Marys with it, I think that's a, that's a great pairing. And I think there's lots of opportunities to give a better takeaway experience. And my guess will be in these COVID-19 reawakening times is that the takeaway is going to be a first tiptoe step into getting that customer back into my restaurant to sit down and have dinner later on or lunch or breakfast or whatever later on. Because remember, restaurateurs and operators now, when we open up, we're going to have 25 to 50% of the seats that we used to have. And I know that everybody isn't going to want to wait in time. So they're going to take the first step made the BB for the trial is the takeaway or the carry out. And the best experience that you can create gets the better chance to get them coming back in for dining in experiences. So generally before COVID, Cocktails to Go was already growing. The whole idea of you have five friends, they all want specific cocktail that they buy to get it delivered was already growing. COVID has only progressed that trend. But I think one thing that's really interesting right now is that when you start to open, when in the US you start opening up restaurants, everybody will be fighting for the same customers with, with half the space. And customers can only, and generally only remember so and so long back. So you have to make sure that the customer, your guest, your friend, will have you in the back of the of, of your of the head. They have to keep thinking of you even if they don't are visiting you and with this kind of setup if, if you market it properly even though you don't sell to them often maybe they only buy once but if you can continue having the customers within your fold if you continue ha- making sure that they remember you as soon as you open up again you will be on the fifth of their mind so cocktail to go wine to go uh, everything to go it's also a way to make sure that the customer is close to you. And also a third note that what's interesting here is that, and I think that's across everywhere, people think you think global, but you buy a local. So if, if you can combine, like help your local restaurant, have a cocktail to go, let's all, we all this together, come visit us when you're back. So with the cocktail to go, it's not going to, take over your normal restaurants, but it'll make sure you have revenue, but most of all, make sure that your customers that already know you will remember you, plus you will have a new reach with customers you will not traditionally get. I also think, too, that when I come to pick up my food and beverage now, cocktails to go, 
pick when I come to pick up my food and beverage order, the, the, the whole atmosphere of that takeaway, the, that experience of it. Uh, w- any suggestions for operators on things that they can do to improve the atmosphere of what happens when I come and pick up, whether it be curbside or I have to walk up to it? Any any good ideas on that, Xander? I think if a restaurant were to do this, they would have to. This is an extension of the company. This is an extension of the look. It has to follow what the bar looks like, what the restaurant looks like. Like the glasses, the spirit, it would need to fit what they're already serving. The cocktails would need to fit what they're already serving. If you have a really popular club or, or the bar, you already know which drinks are selling well, so you have to focus on that. But So make sure when, when like the whole package is a package deal. So when they get the product, they need to get an experience. When you drink a drink, it's not just the alcohol, the taste, it's the whole experience how the glass influenced the drink, the atmosphere in the room. It all fits together for, for one big experience. And, and you want to transfer that to cocktails to go. And there are different ways that you can do that, like how it's contained, how it's applied. A colleague of mine, he has a note when he supplies the, the cocktails to go. Basically, it's a thank you note. Thank you for paying more. Thank you for supporting us. When you get back, we will be greeting you with open arms. It's sweet. Like it's an honest, sweet note. And I, I think customers now more than ever are buying on value proposition. What do they relate to? If you do this, make sure that you have thought it through. What is your value proposition? What is your story? Does it fit with your cocktails going with the bar? And like, don't be afraid to hire the prices. People understand that like we are all in the same here, but bars restaurants, like the whole hospitality, especially all over the world, are especially hard hit. Yeah. I think in, in our very first on the front lines segment, Bunny Johnson, who's a uh, manufacturer's rep representing a variety of lines here in the Washington, D.C. area, she had a great story about one of her customer, her operator customers for one of her restaurateurs, and talking about the chef owner of the restaurant wasn't in the kitchen making the food. He was out actually greeting the customers and signing the bags of which they took autographing them and making that that personal connection. And I've told that story a couple of times, but it's worth repeating because I really think it is about connection. And for the restaurateur, you're really trying to connect with your guests and certainly the guests who know you already, but you want to get even more guests coming to your restaurant during a difficult time where you only have 25, maybe 50% of the seats. So I agree with you. The takeaway, the carryout uh, experience at restaurants is a great opportunity to reinforce the overall branding of the restaurant. Well done. Yeah, I think in, in general, like you have to think about social media wise. If if you look at it from a different angle, we have one restaurant here, Italian based. What they did was they opened up the the shopping list for people, and then they live stream how to do it from their own kitchen. Well, it's not really cocktails to go, but it's the same area where you open up your business to your consumers. You invite them literally into your living room, into your kitchen, and doing a session, I think through Zoom, where you do it all with them together. And while it's not really cocktails to go, it's still within the same social media aspect of interacting and co-branding with your customer base. So I'm hoping that bars will see this COVID-19 opportunity to to learn more about the customer base and actually listen to what what they're asking. 
Yeah, I, I wanted to get a little bit down the road on 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 the marketing of all of this, and in social media is one aspect of it. But to me, social media, whether it be YouTube videos or Instagram posts, whatever, very simple to do. With all you need is a phone with the camera on it. And I don't know that they even make phones anymore without cameras. So you've got all the tools pretty much you need. It doesn't have to be slick, does it? It depends on the story you're telling. But yeah, basically, if you do cocktails to go, it depends on the area, but. The most money uh, you would use are on Google ads, I, I would guess, and, and a bit Facebook. My experience is that the strongest advertisement is on social media, but still mouth to mouth. And the good thing about especially visual based social media like Instagram, that people will quickly repost, share their experience. So if you can get one customer base, five girls, they're buying a, a sweet tea dispenser with two gallons, they're having a good time posting that yep. and yep. going from there and then reposting it it's like throwing rocks into the sea you have a lot of rings we're making other rings and it goes quite fast for a limited budget so i would definitely use social media but not pumping money into to advertisement but more making sure to to help the customers get their profile shown make sure, sure. That, like, that the whole experience is it's great when customers tell your story yeah and they love when you share it. So it's, it's a good way to, to go back and forth. Where like the only thing you really need is to make sure that when you take a picture, it has to be good. Yeah, I, I think there's some other basic things too. I mean, we've talked about this before on Seat Yourself is that I'm, I'm always surprised that there isn't more signage outside the restaurant, whether it be a sandwich board or balloons or something to attract attention. I mean, I understand these, these are basic things and you go, well, that's not very creative, not very imaginative. But I'm always surprised at how few restaurants do some of that. Most restaurants, it seems like, well, not I would say most, but a lot of restaurants seem like they're almost closed. And I don't know whether, I don't know what drives that, just a lack of creativity, because uh, from my way of thinking, restaurateurs and hospitality people are some of the most creative people going. So I think just basic signage, make it a party, make it atmosphere, that atmosphere. And perhaps that will come along too, as they begin to open up. So they'll have their, what I would call their regular marketing. But I think there needs to be an awareness of the takeaway portion. Because if you're back to the issue of if you're only going to have a small percentage of your normal seating, it's going to be tough to make even close to the revenue that you're used to making. And I think takeaway is still going to be a large part of it, but it's got to be well thought out and frictionless from the customer standpoint, from the guest standpoint. And beverages absolutely will add not only to the sales of it, but also to the profit. So cocktails to go, whether it be actual cocktails or wine or beer, really an important part of it. Any other quick advice before we wrap up our session here, Xander? Plenty of ideas. I think for me, what's most concerning to say that is that, I, I want to say it this way, I, I hope that for the guests who are concerned, mostly actually in the U.S., that my experience is that while the U.S. is creating amazing cocktails and really pushing the industry, I feel here they're they're stopped because they don't they're afraid of the laws to getting sued or something, as we talked about before. I hope that bars in the U.S. really think outside the box from the customer's point of view. What does a customer want? How can we give it to them? They're used to that already on a regular basis, but like, I really hope that people will take this to them because. You can actually make quite a good of money. The, the place is already closed, but you still own it, so you can still operate within it. The customers are there. The average American or European are using their phone almost twice as much during COVID, so they are on social media. 
uh, using their phone all the freaking time, sorry my language. So they are there, they are on the phone, they're, they're craving something new, they're bored. There are so many positive things where you can tap into. So I, I really hope that the people are listening in that they will consider talking, calling up your local spirit producer or where you get it, your cash and carry, call your local glass producer and just like, how can we do this? How, how can we make sure it comes out to the customers? And there will be some smaller irritation on the way, like there always is. That's the fun part, that's finding a way to, to solve that. But I'm hoping that, that people will actually look into it since I think it's a great way to, to make sure that you have an income. And after COVID, I think it'll only increase. And the customers you get will... I believe will be more loyal to you now than before. This being a special edition, we're running in the middle of the week on Seat Yourself. But on Monday, our regular edition of Seat Yourself, we had Michael Butler, who was with Hyatt in Zurich, and he's responsible for the F&B in Europe and India. And he he had a great article on LinkedIn about keeping the hospitality in hospitality. And I think right now the temptation is to just get open and make sure we're safe and secure. And now all that's really important. That's priority number one. I got that. But it's also the hospitality business. And I really want to remind operators and also uh, suppliers in this business that we have to keep it fun. It's the entertainment business on a certain level. And hopefully cocktails to go can be an additional revenue stream and certainly an additional profit stream too. So you've given them some great ideas. I really appreciate you coming on today, Xander, especially since it's World Cocktail Day. Unbelievable. Well, it's cocktail time later. So if Thomas Castle and Ambiante is Mr. Tabletop, are you Mr. Cocktail? Uh, I wouldn't have that name. Um, Not yet. You haven't earned it yet. Okay. Okay. I haven't earned it. I I need a few more uh, years before I I would be privileged to that. Okay. Well, we'll keep working on that. Sandra, I want to thank you. And before we leave out, where can people find out more about you and in in your companies? Because you're a busy guy. You've got a lot of stuff going on. Where should they go to find out more about Xander? Well, I, I'm quite active on social media. So I would recommend LinkedIn. I'm way too often on LinkedIn. But else, um, mixology.nu or scandicbar.eu. But most of all, if you have any questions, find me on LinkedIn. That's the best place, LinkedIn. That's a great spot for you. Okay, Xander, thanks for joining us today on Seat Yourself on this special edition. It's really been a pleasure having you again. Pleasure's all mine. We want to thank Xander Loritzen Hansen for sitting in today and talking cocktails to go with us. And we especially want to thank you for joining us for this special edition of our Seat Yourself podcast. You can find all episodes of Seat Yourself at seatyourselfpodcast.com. And finally, we want to thank the Edward Donnan Company for sponsoring, in part, the special edition of Seat Yourself. Edward Donnan Company, everything but the food for nearly 100 years. Always remember, hashtag Tabletop Matters. <laughs>